0: Welcome, welcome everyone to the Trail Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stoner. And in today's episode of the Trail Life, we're gonna be speaking to San Diego's dog runner, Kimberly Weeks of The Fittest Dog. We're gonna share some trail running stories, but also her training philosophy on running dogs, how nutrition and regular running help dogs both mentally and physically just as much as it does human beings. So without further ado, my guest, Kimberly Weeks. This episode of the Trail Life Podcast is brought to you by Blue Rub. Protect against friction and saddle sores. Train harder, perform better, and recover faster with natural body products from Blue Rub. See the entire collection at bluerub.com. Well, help me turn the turn in. Well, help me get it right. Kimberly Weeks, The Fittest Dog Runner. Uh, Welcome to the Trail Life Podcast. How are you doing today?
1: I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff.
0: We've known each other for a while now, but I wanted to get some background information on you. So I went on the internet and I was looking up your Wikipedia page. I have one? Well, unfortunately I have the job to tell you that you do not have one. Yay, and and you haven't and you haven't made it yet. So I'm sorry. The good news is is if you Google search images of you, most of the pictures that come up are of Charles Bronson.
1: Oh, okay. I did not know that. <laughs>
0: For those that don't know, Charles Bronson's wife or girlfriend for the longest time was Kim, which
1: did not know about his mom.
0: <laughs> so you got that going for you at least. But seriously, I I, I love what you're doing with the Fittest Dog and everything, like your philosophy on it and how you work with dogs. So I want to get into that, but I want to get a little bit of background on, on you and how you got into, into this, but into running as well. Because the dark web, See, I did some research on you. The dark web and says dark you're web. a. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you're a collegiate soccer player, though. That's how yes. you got into like more of the endurance category, in a sense, right? So, what led you into uh, running?
1: I was groomed pretty much from the womb to be a professional soccer player. Oh. And so much of soccer is endurance, mm-hmm. having the stamina to play in a soccer game. I played center midfield, which for those of you who do not know soccer, center midfield is the position that does the most running. I also was that player who hated running. Just being so honest, I was not a runner. I did not like it. I loved soccer. Luckily, I say luckily for me, I was injured my sophomore year against Texas Christian, TCU, and I'm thankful for that because my life went a complete different direction than I assumed it would go. Fast forward two babies later, I started with an old pair of, I still remember, these Nike Pegasus that were probably seven, 10 years old. I had no running clothes. And one day I decided, you know what? I'm going to try to run a mile. And I was sucking wind after about one minute. I hated it. I did not stop though. And I kept running before I knew it. I signed up for a 5k. I still was not what I would consider a great runner whatsoever. And after my first race, it was a Turkey trot in forest ranch. And I remember, Oh, I noticed that they had results. Okay. let's, you know, I had these free snacks. I thought that was awesome. I didn't know anything about the running community. And I looked at the, board from my age category and I started at the bottom thinking I was probably maybe second third from bottom and I couldn't find myself I kept looking up looking up and I did not see my name and I thought maybe they forgot me and then I saw I was fourth in my age category and I was blown away (laughs) so then I started running a little bit more
0: yeah, got a little bit of the a And bit then of the, it
1: became and you're getting it. I mean, anybody who has gone from zero to full blown runner knows that it's an addiction and it definitely oh, was yeah. in a healthy way. Um, the running community I had no idea was so inclusive and welcoming, and I loved it so much. I got to the point where I was running marathons as well, and one day I had total moment of I was just feeling sorry for myself and I saw a woman on the beach running alongside her dog. And I looked at her and I was like, that is really cool. They look so happy. The dog's happy. The woman's happy. And I had this light bulb moment. I thought, huh, I wonder if there is such a thing as not a dog walker, but a dog runner. So that's when I did my research and saw, at least I didn't see on a large scale in San Diego, anybody going that path. I spoke with my husband about it and I said, I came up with this idea. What do you think? And he thought it was brilliant. It just sounded really cool. Right. And that was the beginning. I took my CPR class. I got insured. I had a website made and I just went from there. And it's amazing how running led me to seeing a woman running with her dog that turned into becoming San Diego's dog runner.
0: (laughs) So... When you get started with this, though, so, I mean, because some dogs are obviously want to run longer than others. So, is this something where how how long had you been running races or kind of into the running scene at that point in time? So, no, because you just you were just talking about doing a five k, and and had you been started to do the marathons before you got into this, or was that was that something you got into because oh, I you know I, I saw this, I want to start doing this. I need to start doing longer races.
1: Running with dogs had absolutely nothing to do with my racing so called career. I had been running uh, about three years, I think it was, before this came about. And I will say that I was at your, it was your first San Diego race, the Super Dentist, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> the Wellness 5K. <laughs>
1: yeah. And wow. I, did not realize the future partnership you and I were going to have there as I won overall that race.
0: And I can't seem to get rid of you for some reason. I... <laughs>
1: no, that was the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> it was the beginning uh,
0: of the end. Dang
1: it. Know, no way. I'm proud to be an ambassador of endurance race series. You know that.
0: I know. I know. I just, I love to give you a hard time. So it's, it's great. And I, and I love having you around and.
1: But it's been a, a complete joy when I did not need a job. I wasn't looking for something and it just, it literally appeared in front of me.
0: You get into the dog running. How do you go about trying to, A, how, how'd you go about trying to get clients? One, I mean, obviously San Diego is, is is huge market for the running community and got plenty of areas where we can run dogs, both beaches trails, roads, everything. So did you look at it as we're going to start with maybe shorter distances, one, two mile or did you start and set in plans based on what the dog, uh, what type of dogs you're running? How did that, all the planning and and logistics uh, turn out?
1: The logistics were, let's learn on the go. (laughs) It literally was, (laughs) I am being completely honest when I say I did not have a background with dogs. I've always loved dogs. I learned through action. The one thing that I can tell anybody, especially starting a new business, Get involved in your local business association. I can't stress that enough. So few people really seem to take that to heart. The local connections that you make, they're everything to a small business, especially in the beginning. And I didn't know anyone in the dog community. I almost immediately joined uh, Cardiff 101 Main Street, and that's our local business association. There's also Encinitas 101, Lucadia 101. But I live in Cardiff and I love my neighborhood as a resident and also as a business owner.
0: So you got connected with the, with the business association. Then it's how many, how many times a week are you, were you looking to, at doing the dog running? Is it, is it once twice a week or were you looking at, okay, let's just see what happens again, like learning on the fly. <laughs> it was. How, did, how did that work as far as your mentality of, okay, this is the way the business should start up.
1: Well, I think that I have, pretty good business sense. And in the beginning, it was about just having one client. That one client became two, became three. I realized that dogs are... Obviously, everybody knows dogs are family. But when I see that these people who are willing to give me their dog for that 30 minutes uh, to exercise their dog, then it's really cool because the dog owner sees the benefit. And then they sometimes, and this definitely has happened, dog owners who do not run started running themselves. And they would want to, you know, I'm making dinner for my family and I'd get a text and it'd be a picture of one of my clients. Look, I went out for a run and it's a picture of her and her dog, you know, and it's just, it was special because it's like a trickle down effect. It's really neat.
0: Go ahead and explain the, I mean, everybody knows the benefits of running. I mean, it's obviously healthy for, for the animal, but draws in a lot more of that. So explain like, okay, we got into this. How are you pushing people to let me go out and take your dog for a run? Here's the benefits, you know, what are those benefits? What are you telling people that as far as breaking it down and, you know, cause it's physically and it's mentally, you know, just like it is for humans.
1: It very much is. And a typical day for me now, after going on my fourth year now, a short day is five five dog runs. But I average five to eight runs Monday through Friday. And it is a lot. But what I know, I consider myself an expert in this field now, is that the rescue dogs benefit, I don't want to say the most, but they are the ones who mentally, like you were just saying, Jeff, they are the dogs that really need this refocus. And it's more of a confidence building for them. So you have these dogs, You've got overweight dogs who, whose vets refer to us. You have hunting dogs that need to run. They can't have a dog walker. That's just the reality for that breed. There's so many different needs. We've been doing this for so long now that we really know which way to channel their energy. Or lack of energy, it is. And it's just, it's so special. And even today, I had a breakthrough with one of my rescue dogs who has only run with a prong collar. And I know it's such a very delicate subject with a lot of people in the dog community. But if an owner wants us to use one of those prong collars to run a dog, then we do. Most of the time, they're open to not using it after we build trust, and we do. And there's a lot of these dogs that do much better on trails. Just their energy and their focus on the trail. I mean, you know how it is out there. It's just as exciting for dogs as it is for us humans.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, it, well, and it's less impact. I mean, we have the impact on our knees and ankles and everything else when we run on pavement. And it's got to be the same for, for dog as well. I, have you know? to
1: say, I think that running dogs on the trails is my favorite. It's my favorite terrain. It's just like you said, for our body and theirs and just the mental stimulation. It's just, we all know trails are gorgeous. You turned a road runner into a trail runner. So mm. that's because of you. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'll take credit for that one.
1: Yes, Your races there we go. Are just we Everybody loves them and you know how the community really rallies around you, especially now. So I'm hopeful that San Diego will get back up and we can have some of our human clients who have not been introduced to your races, as well as in Colorado, obviously.
0: Yeah, it, it's great. I, you know, I, I actually I wish that we had uh, more access and some of our trail races to actually allow people to bring their dogs out to our events. I know. I actually I actually love seeing seeing dogs come out and participate. I know sometimes it can be a little bit I don't know frightening in some degree. You got all these people and one dog. You don't know how they're going to act sometimes. Whatever, but. I love seeing it, and I it's unfortunate into some degree because we've got so many single tracks and so many narrower you know courses that we can't really have you know dogs out there. But I love seeing it. it Delmar. Yeah, well, you know, Del is a great great example. I mean, that's that's a huge open trail that we can right. do it. You know, and we can do that with probably San Pasqual and and maybe Lake Hodges as well. But if I had my way we're able to have some more open space. I, I would even open it up to like a dog category too, you know, but that's I'm
1: there. my clients were there.
0: But again, it's, it's unfortunate that we don't really have the space to, to utilize that, but
1: one step that, at a time, right? It is <laughs> one
0: step at a time. I mean, <laughs> I'll just be happy once we can get up and get back to doing races again. So, I'm.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, you speak for um, all of us out there. Yeah.
0: From your out, from your outlook of running, has that changed at all because of you know, all the running you do currently with your dogs, because it's are like you said, you're running five, six times a week at multiple hours. Yeah. And five, six times a day. And it's, so where does that leave you for your training on this? Or do you, or do you suggest, or do you look at this as part of your training?
1: I hate saying this and love saying this, but I do not train at all anymore because I am averaging 50 to 70 miles weekly. It's not training miles. It's sometimes it is, but I save my legs for the dogs I run because they are my priority. And in turn, when I do races now, I have a complete different outlook because of these dogs. Um, I'm not focused on my time if I have the correct racing flats oh man I have the wrong socks on I don't care about gear anymore it's such a strange shift from how I used to be and I think that when you're hyper focused on your socks <laughs> you lose the sight of what this is all about anyway I mean I never was gonna be professional I, I wasn't I was pretty good apparently but it got to the point where it was Too much of a focus on the actual race, and it wasn't as fun. Whereas now I love it. I'm there chatting with everybody. I'm helping people, cheering them on mid run. I'm probably losing some of my energy by talking to people during the run, but (laughs) I don't care. I don't care. And I still am very competitive. Don't get me wrong. I recognize that I can't run 70 miles in a week and the next day have a stellar performance at one of your trail races it's
0: just not happening not anymore well i mean again going back to what you said you know running especially trail running is very inclusive i mean so not it's a different competitive mentality i think when you're running trails versus road sometimes and it's always great to see somebody that's on the trails that's having a great time cheering other people on while they're doing the races i mean I, i i always get comments from you know people. That are like, oh, I ran into three or four people that were just cheering me on. And, you know, they knowing that they're, it's their first time doing an event. Cool. You know? and it's, so that's what the beauty of it is. So you know, if you're if that's you know where you're at, I mean, that's that says a lot about you know how far you've come as far as a, a runner goes. yeah, the show.
1: yeah I, I just I enjoy every moment of it. I I really also take the time to thank all of the people on the aid stations and just helping out in the food tent. You're gonna miss my sister-in-law at your food tent in San Diego.
0: I know. <laughs> She Hi, moved. Shelly. We, Hi, we love yeah. Shelly. We, we love Shelly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it became a family affair for me and my family. And um, I have to say that I always have such positive remarks about your races from people there. And it's just a testament to what you've created over the years. How many years has it been now that you've had endurance race?
0: Oh, man. Well, we started in 2012.
1: You were seasick events.
0: Well, yeah, kind of. I mean, we started, it was kind of weird. We started in Colorado as the Endurance Race Series. And when we transferred over here or started over here in San Diego area, it was kind of falling underneath the seasick events category just because we hadn't really built up anything. Okay. So we okay. were trying to, I think we were just trying to figure out what to do with, with the brand and, and what we wanted. Uh, at that time, I didn't really know how far the trail running thing was going to Take us, so we. I just kind of kept like like you were doing. You were kind of learning on the fly, and that's what we did. And you know, we went for the
1: best way to go. You know,
0: I know. I, I totally agree. Sometimes, I mean, I I do my best learning when when I'm learning on the fly. I, I, <laughs> I've always been that way. Yeah. So yeah. we we looked at it. We started one event. We got the two, and then all of a sudden, three, four popped up, and that's how. I looked at it as, okay, well, obviously this event thing is going somewhere. So that's where we got rid of the Seasick brand and started you know, bringing endurance race series over to California and expanding it that way. And, and it's been just, I love it. I, I love the fact that we were able to take that and do that and kind of build, build off of what we did in Colorado and stuff. And it's, it's been great to have runners and ambassadors like yourself that can bring a different element to, to the events and stuff. So
1: we're all committed and we all love it. And obviously pre COVID, I would say endurance race series here in San Diego is uh, the amount of people I see at your races that you sell out now, You're, everybody knows Endurance Race Series in San Diego. And it's been really neat seeing the growth from the beginning as your original San Diego ambassador, Am I might add.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes.
1: You says, the OG. <laughs> right.
0: Again, like I said, I couldn't get rid of you after the wellness <laughs> event. So I had to do something to, like, you just kept coming around. So I had to make you an ambassador. I'm not so. pest
1: I'm not <laughs> pest you
0: know.
1: Yeah, right. Hey, who else can get sign ups for a next race in the Porta Potty line?
0: Wow. That's true. Uh, Isabella has some work to do and she can't do that.
1: <laughs> she can do that. No problem. She's great at that.
0: <laughs> so let me, let's get back to the fittest dog really quick. Cause unfortunately you'll never be able to run my dogs because I have two bulldogs at home. 50 yards is, is too much for them. So let's look at it from a, from a, from another perspective of if I've got a, if I've got a boxer or a, a retriever breed. How do you work your plans out with based on the on the owner and what they have availability to get the dog out with or is it something that you go into it and say listen for the best results for your breed it needs to be 2 to 3 times a week at you know so many hours or so many miles. How does that how do you play with your plans when getting getting those things together?
1: I first always recognize that it's what the owner is willing to put in. And I understand that this is a paid service. So I'm never going to tell people you need to do this multiple times a week. It all is dependent on them. But I will say I do have dogs. I personally run five days a week. Uh, then I have those that is once every two weeks, once a week. It varies. It honestly does. But there may be one golden retriever that is extremely fast and high energy, but we have another golden retriever who's very slow and overweight. I don't think breed really has anything to do with ability. I can't say anything to do with ability, but I've had similar, the same breed and two complete opposite ends of the spectrum. So we do have more of a weight loss program for those dogs it really is a gentle stroll in the beginning and sometimes a walk is too much for them and you just build up to it. And right. then dogs are born to run. They really are. And even if it's a few steps of a jog and then they're back to walking, you alternate. It's really based on my feeling of this dog. And sometimes even though you're not supposed to let dogs lead, sometimes I do. It just depends on the dog. When that dog starts to lose some weight because the owners are dedicated as well, it's a collaboration that's so special to me. We have one dog that was on a weight loss program. Their vet said he needed to lose a few pounds. They reached out to me and they've stopped table scraps. Table scraps, Jeff, are you doing that? Oh,
0: God! Well, my 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 dogs are garbage disposals. They'll <laughs> I think Now, most granted, of them. <laughs> my dogs eat a raw raw diet too, though. So, oh, they do. Oh, yeah, my dogs are completely raw. Um, oh, we nice. we do that mainly because my oldest is uh, got a lot of arthritic issues, and yeah. and he needs some of that uh, those type of nutrients. And then you know, our other one just got into the raw just because we had to shift our oldest one to it. And so it's, so we, and we haven't been on kibble for a long time and we've noticed the difference. I mean, I was just
1: going to ask you, what are you, yeah,
0: the, a, both of them, you know, lost, not that they were overweight uh, by a lot, you know, they're bulldogs. So they're going to show a little bit more, you know, as far as as girth, (laughs) but we noticed as soon as we put both of them onto raw, we noticed how much more energy that the dogs had. You know, the they were getting trimmed down a little bit. They can, they moved around. Whether it was just walking around, you know, getting up, you know, getting up, laying down, getting up the house. We noticed that that made them a little bit better too. So uh, their skin or their coats were a lot better. You know, so uh, we started doing that. I don't know, seven eight years ago, and we haven't turned back since. So That's it's difference. it's been good. So That's
1: a great story. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. No, dude, nutrition means so much to listen to you say this right now it really solidifies our mission of nutrition and exercise we truly believe this is what creates the whole dog Mm. and your living testament your dogs are are benefiting from this nutrition so much so it's because of you guys that's great
0: yeah, it, it's it been interesting. And I don't know, you, it, just like just like humans, you get spoiled on it though, right? So being here in San Diego, you, you never know with earthquakes and fires and all that stuff. So we we always have like the a backup, you know, food storage spot in our garage. And if we run out of food, if the food doesn't get delivered, you know, forget to go pick up something or whatever, we've got just a bag of kibble that we get it. If the dogs ever get that stuff put in their bowl, they won't eat it. They won't even touch it they're pampered pooch oh they're just completely spoiled it's, it's crazy it. so we've kind of created a beast and our oldest now doesn't want raw chicken he wants cooked food and I know that 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 plays with the nutrients a little bit he's 11 and a half years old he's he's
1: he's
0: earned it he's earned it so if that's what he wants yeah. that's what he gets you know and I I can't say enough about you know the raw you know diet when it comes to, to dogs and stuff but yeah. so is that so when you are getting ready to work with your clients, is that something that you look into as, as, as well as like, Hey, what's, what are your, what are you feeding your dog? I do um, I pretty and then... much
1: ask these questions. And also I have uh, partnerships with different dog brands where I am. Sometimes I'm just thankful to have been sent some of their products mm-hmm. to give to my clients. And in turn, they Found that they really love whatever this product is for their dog, and in turn, buy it themselves. And it's just a real special, real special collaboration with these brands. I just think that there's so many benefits to healthy pet food, and mentally, these dogs are just—they're thriving. It's exercise and nutrition. Humans and dogs, same thing. Yep, exactly. Food.
0: So you are across the border, as far as across the, the the entire county, when it comes to running, almost, I guess, mostly North County here. But do you have other dog runners that work underneath you?
1: We do. We service now Oceanside through downtown. Okay. and
0: So it's a pretty good stretch of the county. We,
1: that's, yeah, that's- we look for outdoor enthusiasts. You don't have to be on the podium in every race you're in. We aren't expecting our runners to be that strong, but we do expect them to live a very healthy lifestyle because we are basically these dogs' personal trainer. I mean, that's what it is, you know, and our lifestyle needs to reflect that. And we just have wonderful people who, first, they love dogs. Second, they love the outdoors, and third, they also recognize that this is a trust-building relationship between dog and human. It's really that simple. Yeah.
0: So, do your have you noticed anything as far as your your other runners go? Have has their outlook on Do you think their outlook on yes. running has changed as well, just like yours?
1: Yes, I do. Actually, one of our runners is a track star, former track star in Hawaii. Uh, I always love hearing her stories about running. You know, now that we're in a stage where everything is just about fun and dogs, it just makes it it less of a job when you're out at a race. I have another one of our wonderful runners who has been dying to do one of your trail races with me, but we haven't had one yet. (laughs) Dang it.
0: 2020 <laughs> stupid 2020
1: 2021 is going to be a wonderful year for <laughs> everyone in the running community well correct
0: well as, as you say we we're are we hit rock bottom pretty much <laughs> there's only way, one way to go is up you would hope at least anyway
1: <laughs> yeah but um, I am looking forward though to spreading my knowledge of the trails and trail races with other runners and future runners who are joining our team Um, We're just in the middle of an expansion that is, it's so great to be able to broaden our horizons and really show people outside of our bubble here, what Mm. dog running is about and how dog running is so special compared to dog walking. It just is. Yeah. And I know it's not for everybody and I completely get that, but we're on a mission to make a difference when dog obesity rates are 56% now in America, that's a high number.
0: Wait a second, 56%? That's the what dogs that's,
1: are. Uh, oh, and oh I dog. am on a personal mission to make a difference in that number. It is shocking. Honestly, I don't think most people realize this.
0: Is that a, is, I, I guess, is that a number that's across the board or is that for specific breeds? Is dogs. that just overall?
1: No, that's a good question. If I would like to see a breed break down.
0: I mean, that, that would be interesting to me. Obviously... I think so, too. Yeah.
1: You're onto something. Because
0: each, each breed is, is going to have different you know different categories, bulldog versus golden retriever. Like, I'd be interested to see that. But sure. I had no idea that it was actually 56% of an yep. obese.
1: And dog. if you do some research on this and you see a graph year over year, the trending numbers are just going up. And as... We lead a more sedentary lifestyle, unfortunately. Our dogs are as well, and they're not getting the exercise they need. And that's where we come in.
0: Yeah, and it, again, it goes back to the food thing too. Like you said, I mean, it's the that's, same for humans. Is yeah. if, if you're getting it, if you're even if you're getting enough exercise and you're still eating like shit, it, it's, it doesn't really do, do any favors to anybody, right? So.
1: How many runners out there? We're all guilty of this. You run eight, 10 miles. Love it. That was a great run. I deserve that burger. (laughs) Well, that just canceled that out. It's the same for dogs. I mean, in moderation, obviously. I'm a fan of anything in moderation, whatever your body needs, but you're not going to achieve your fitness and physical fitness goals by eating that (laughs) double-double.
0: No, really?
1: <laughs> Just tell well, there
0: you. goes there goes my Sorry. diet. I'm done. <laughs>
1: Love in and out.
0: <laughs> now, are you involved with different dog charities like the ASPCA and stuff like that? Or is, and is that how you are connected with within the community as well? Or how do you you know how, do you do a lot of charitable stuff within the you know dog community right now?
1: I'm very sad to have to say this year will not be my third consecutive year running New York City Marathon for Beagle Freedom Project. Oh, that's right. Who I have represented I about that. the last two years. Yeah,
0: I forgot about that.
1: I lived in Manhattan in my 20s through some truly awful days in our country's history. And the just the compassion of the people in Manhattan and New York City, I can't even tell you how much I love that city. So going back there uh, as a business owner, 40-year-old, Running the New York City Marathon, I always wanted to run. Under a charity, Beagle Freedom Project, I just, I can't even stress how important that was for me personally and professionally. I've raised a bit of money for them, all in the name of rescue animals. But they're a wonderful cause who rescue, I don't want to say primarily, but they do a lot of overseas um, rescue from the Korean meat trade, China, and laboratory animals even here in the states, and mm-hmm. so what they do is just—they're saving these lives, and it's just an honor to have run for them.
0: So, how do you get connected with uh, you know, as far as running the you know New York City Marathon with them?
1: It was a real special honor for me. Two years ago, they reached out to me to let me know one that my mission was in line with theirs, and they okay, cool. only—they're one of the charities for New York that have only five. Spots on their team given to them. Uh, so they're considered a very small charity for the New York Marathon. They liked me the first year I ran for them. And so they asked me again last year, which of course I did. I had the Soul Cycle charity spin to raise uh, money for them. I was there. I and I'm so thankful for hey, you yeah. as to. <laughs> here, what are you
0: talking about? I was all about the Soul Cycle.
1: It <laughs> meant <laughs> so much to me that you two were there. And I would have been out there again this November for them. but obviously there's no way that there's going to have a 50,000 plus marathon in Manhattan this November. Oh, no.
0: I mean, I mean,
1: Oh, that was long canceled. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Any, any races that, that huge is going to have a hard time moving even into 2021. I mean, that's, there's going to be so many restrictions on, on things that it's, it's going to take a while. That's, that's overall for the, for the race industry. I mean, it's
1: the trail community as well. I think that the trail community though, maybe would have a, have it a bit easier. I, I could be wrong. I don't know what your thoughts on that. I know immediately for San Diego anyway, it's not. Yeah. Right. I,
0: I mean, just from a numbers perspective, uh, trail races should have a little bit easier time getting back into the flow of things, but you know, it's it all comes down to the states and the counties as far as what the regulations are. I mean, hosting a, an event that's four hundred people versus four thousand people, it's completely different. And I, I I feel for you know, being a race director, I feel for any race director that's gonna have to deal with that. I mean, there's a lot of logistics when it comes to an event like the New York City Marathon and Boston Marathon and. You know that's a lot of a lot of money out of the pocket. You know, for for those for the staff members there, for the race owners, and for even charities. Like, that's those are things that really get hurt, right? Is is when you have people that are affected by it or, or, or charities that are affected by it, and they're not going to make any money off of that either this year. So yeah. it's it's really tough. I mean, it's it's really sad to to say. And who knows? I, I hope that you know eventually, you know, sooner rather than later, we get back to. You know, being able to race in some capacity. I mean, it, it's a shame that Boston and New York and Chicago aren't going to be able to do their events this year, or maybe even next year. Who knows? But um, no. yeah, from a trail rain perspective, we've got a we've got a little bit easier path, but it's still a long way to go for for a lot of locations. You know, Colorado, we're good, and you're restricted in numbers, but you know, California, you're not. So everybody's a little bit different. So right, that's what but
1: you have. Uh, on the positive side for you, you've had two recent races in Colorado. So I'm sure for you, that feels so wonderful, even with small numbers, just to be out there and kind of get that feeling back, you know, of race day. It
0: does. I mean, I think more than anything else, it was just being out there more than anything else. I, I could have cared less with numbers. We we had 100 uh, 150 people sign up for a race two weeks ago, and I think 100 people showed up. And that was the best small event I've ever put on. It was oh, just it was just great fun. to be out there seeing people run on the trails again and being able to, to produce something. And I think for us too, you know, you, you sit here and you look at all these different industries that are having to make adjustments because of COVID. You know, restaurants and bars and you know, hair salons and everything else. And it's I just wanted the opportunity to show that we can we can do that ourselves. Like, hey, this is what we're doing to you know make make things you know, safer and cleaner and more sanitized and, you know, show that the, that the running community can move forward without having to worry about, well, if you've got 200 people, what are you going to do, right? Or you got 300 people. It's So we were able to make waves small. We were able to put more hand sanitizer stations, more hand washing stations out there, better our aid stations. So it was it's just nice to, to have that opportunity more than anything else is to just show that we can actually do it. You know, in this race mm-hmm. last week, what's that?
1: And you did you And did. we did,
0: yeah, we, we did it, and and uh, I don't know it's it makes me feel good at least you know when that time comes for San Diego to say, "Yes, let's go ahead and start doing this or California to say, let's do this, I know that we've got the, the operations in place to do that, and that's what that's what the last two weeks was you know partly about is to make sure that we were doing things right by our runners, keeping things fun, keeping a great racing environment but also still make things safe for people so
1: and I'm sure you had positive feedback from everybody there most people I'm sure there's always a couple people that have a few comments any at any race but for the most part I'm sure people were just so thankful to you for holding this race even the small numbers
0: yeah I mean it was was, I think people are just appreciative the fact to get out there. A lot of people want to be out there racing, you know, I, especially here in California since we're not allowed to do anything. It's – I can't tell you how many times I've people have asked me if we're going to be able to do, you know, our October, November, and even December events. But seeing people in Colorado get out there and run the trails and, and be appreciative that we were able to host something and put something together, it was very special. I think it was – it goes back to kind of the first – for one of the first events that we ever did is just the excitement of getting things going and seeing people out there running and and racing, you know, it's something you put together. it was, it was kind of took me back to that, um, that first race. So it was really fun. That's cool.
1: That's neat. Thanks for sharing. (laughs)
0: Well, well, didn't know we were going to get into some of my, well,
1: you know, I very much like hearing this. So this is, about both of us this is not just a promotion about the fittest dog or myself this is i mean we've known each other for quite a while now and personally i always love seeing your accomplishments with endurance race series wow, thank cool?
0: you. yeah i'm right there with you. it's it's really cool to like I said, i'm a huge dog lover and so it's really cool I love seeing your Instagram posts and the angles of the, of the faces of the dogs you get. I, I love it. Cause awesome. you can already, you can see how much excitement and fun the dogs are having out there. So that's, those are, those are really cool too. So I'm always excited to see that. Um,
1: I just like to show it off and I've been told I need to start doing more videos mid run so people can see what this is like so in a safe environment obviously I started doing that and I think it was a couple weeks ago I I highlighted like seven of my runs that day and I'm just talking like this and I didn't realize that people didn't know that this was my normal work day and that I do have the energy to (laughs) speak mid-run because I talk to these dogs almost the entire time. so here's I love them so
0: (laughs) here's here's the burning question I want to know because I I know it I I go out and run on the trails a lot and I I see people doing it I've done it myself so I'm I'm very guilty of it myself but do you set the camera up in selfie mode a, a distance away run back with the dog and then start running towards the camera so you're getting your own video Have you ever done that or B, B, do you just keep the camera low? So you're catching a video of the dog's face the entire time at low angle. Cause I love, that's like one of my favorite things about trail runners, um, is you'll be on a run on the trails and and you see a camera set up and somebody's running towards you and they're taking, you know, quick photos. Oh yeah. You've never seen that. No. Oh, yeah. I love it. That's, that is, and I, it sounds like I'm making fun of it, but I'm not. I, I actually love it. It's, it's so cool to see that. And again, I'm guilty of it as well. I've done that before. So I,
1: I would, <laughs> I, I, can, I can kind
0: of see you setting that, setting the camera up.
1: 99% and, of the time is me mid run, take the phone out, whether it's a video or a picture. But I have taken a couple, I want to say like product placement. Uh, whether it's a running leash or whatnot and you mm-hmm. can't really capture obviously an entire running leash and a dog with a selfie. So I have found a nice size rock, angle it up see? <laughs> I the knew video it. and we'll just see what we get. And then I quickly pick up my phone and we yep. things,
0: I and knew it. I I knew it. I knew you were that that person and see.
1: If I can't get an entire
0: running
1: <laughs> in the picture, then yeah, 99% of the time it's me mid run. And it's not always pretty, but it's real.
0: What is one of your favorite breeds to run and why?
1: Rescue dogs are always happy. They may start out nervous because they're rescues and they have to trust a bit more, Uh, but I like working with rescues for their just appreciation of being out and being happy. Now, as far as goofy dogs go, that goes to Labradors. Labs are silly constantly and they're just just like a happy 5-year-old kid but rescue dogs I always seem to have something I I personally want to accomplish with them. Right. And that's always so just amazing when a rescue dog hits this milestone. It's just it's a cool thing.
0: So rescue dog do you do any like service dog running too? Are you allow, are you kind of yeah. in that Now I'm
1: smiling because I miss one of our service dogs that is a true champion for service dogs. We used to run. I I ran. um, He was a farm dog. He belongs to a wonderful woman who um, needs him on obviously day to day for her well-being, but also um, on her farm. And she had to move farms. Her new farm was not fenced and she just didn't trust having her dog out there. Uh, So I came to run him on her farm. He was puppy time. And that's why she loved having me run him because he's always on duty. So to have a service dog, have that little bit of time to just be a puppy and just run free, it meant the world to her. It was really, yeah, it was neat. Uh, We have dogs that are, I think I also have another service dog, a small dog who is just a total sweetheart, but uh She also is just the epitome of all things joy in her owner's world, and it 's just a special thing but um all dogs are I love them all i 'm not gonna lie, even the difficult ones <laughs> it doesn't take long before they love me <laughs> so
0: what's the what's the hardest dog you've had as far as uh, not n- Not specifically naming any, any dog itself, but what's the hardest breed that you've found to, to run with at at this point, whether it's just getting started and not really knowing how to run Cause a lot of, if the dog really doesn't get a chance to go out and do a lot of physical activity, it's also hard for them to learn how to run on leash as well. Have you had any... Like,
1: not try to sprint away because they have so yeah. much pent-up energy from being inside all day.
0: Exactly. So is there a, is there a breed that you'd notice more oftentimes than not that has a little bit more difficulty with it?
1: Okay. Here we go. How about the Vishlas? They are... Oh, I love these dogs so much. They are so cute.
0: They are so cool. I love those dogs. They're
1: gorgeous, aren't they? They're high, high energy. They are meant to run and they are meant to run fast and they are meant to run often. And the Vishlas that I've had, they're not difficult. I'm just taking a different angle with this question that you asked. They just need to run. So for me or any of my runners who run with Vishlas, you have to be prepared. It's not going to be a little just a fun little jog around the block. It's going to be full focus on the dog. And that's how it is with every dog. but with Avishla, they just need to sprint and they need to run. So sometimes you have to control them a bit and just make sure they're they know they're not in charge. Sometimes it takes a while, but they eventually get it that they're not the ones in charge. However, I need to make sure that I've had proper nutrition and I've rolled before and I'm ready to go just like a race. So some days, if you want to correlate this to a race, some days when I know I'm going to be putting in 15 plus miles, I make sure that I have that nutrition the night before the morning, make sure I'm ready to go just like a race, except it's with dogs. And I get to love them and hug them and run them.
0: Well, Kim, I want to completely thank you for coming in and chatting with me today. Give me one last piece of advice as far as getting your dog out there and running, whether it's on trails or road. What, what would what would your last piece of advice be for, for anybody listening in?
1: Consistency. As frustrating as it may be, for whatever reason, for you to go out with your dog, if it's difficult in the beginning, whether it's just weight, whether it's speed, whether it's anxiety, even if it's only for a few minutes, keep repeating, keep doing it, and it will get easier. Take it from me. I have logged thousands of miles with dogs and consistency is the
0: All right that'll do it for today's episode of the trail life podcast a special shout out to Kimberly Weeks for joining us today to find out more information on the fittest dog and how to get your dog run by Kim and her team go to thefittestdog.com this episode of the trail life podcast is brought to you by Blue Rub protect against friction and saddle sores train harder perform better and recover faster with natural body products from Blue Rub see the entire collection at bluerub.com. Music for the Trail Life podcast provided by the Poor Dirty Astronauts with lyrics written by Matt Meyer.